0: So with thankfulness and faith we rise to respond And to remember our call to follow in the steps of Christ As His body did Our salvation depends on God's grace As we share So my name is Xie Kun. I'm a member of this church, WSBC. So, we start uh, my sermon for today. is from a very old common saying in Chinese called 人口移壮. So, literally, it means people want to look good, many by the clothes you wear. So today people use it to describe the importance of a person's first impression. Most of people will not care what exactly people you are, but they will judge you by the clothes, the wealth, the education background, even at your title. So but the, the tragedy is that sometimes we're also affected by this social phenomenon, judging a person only by his appearance. Some of you maybe watch a film named Catch Me If You Can. It's Leonardo DiCaprio, act a cheater named Frank. So this Frank, he doesn't have money, but he can forge the check because the people think that the number on that check represent he's a rich guy. He doesn't know how to fly an airplane, but he just wear on a parachute. Then he can get into the carpet together with the cabin crew. And he can be a doctor, just use one fake Harvard Medical School qualification. And he actually became a lawyer by what he learned in the movie, just in two weeks. So people couldn't expose him because they are confused by what his appearance. So today's passage from Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14. The so three months before, our brother John preached verse one to eight. Jesus used a parable to remind us not lose our heart. Trusting God, we must respond to injustice by going to God in prayer. So the passage today, Jesus also used a parable to tell us that in many ways it's an illusion, optical illusion. The way seems appear is not really the way things are. Jesus points out that what we think is true is actually the opposite of what is true. Jesus' uses this parable simply tells us two different prayer, which is right and which is not. So now you can open your Bible and find Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14. You also can find today's passage in your bulletin on page 11. Please follow me as I read. He also told this parable to some who trusted themselves that they were righteous and treated the other with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed that, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I gave tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humble but the one who humbled himself will be exalted. This is God's word. So today, uh, I have a a main idea. Our salvation depends on God's grace. So the main idea is our salvation depends on God's grace. So here I got, I will give you three points. First, the rebuke, it's on verse nine. Second, the attitudes. It's on verse 10 to 13. Third, the way, it's on verse 14. So let's look at the first point, the rebuke. Verse nine says, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. So here, what is the, the rebuke? Who is the rebuke? Here Jesus rebuked the person who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. So who are these people? Obviously, they are teachers of the Lord at Jesus' time. We know in the New Testament, Jesus used many parables to teach people. Some of them are his disciples. Others were the crowds that followed him wherever he went. There are some parables Jesus directly told to Pharisees. They were confident of their own righteousness. They saw that they were people in the good standing with God and they looked down on or felt superior to others. In Jesus' parable, the Pharisees is just, just such a person. So the Bible clearly tells us that this parable is just to those who treated others with contempt because they were righteous. So what does trust in themselves that they were righteous mean? For example, the Lord said to Noah, enter the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen your righteous before me in this generation. Noah was considered righteous before the Lord. He who is called righteous before the Lord God, that is truly righteous. So here, who claim to be righteous, Probably are not righteous in God's eyes. And the word righteous here means claiming to be righteous in the original language. God does not call these people righteous, but they call themselves righteous. Those who think they are righteous, he who thinks he is righteous must be proud. He must also be a man who thinks that everyone else is wrong and that he is alone right and correct. It is also not acceptable. As treated others with contempt It is difficult for a person Who contempt others to be outstanding Because he will not learn from others And he thinks they are bad to him Such a person is indeed not wise So today let's think This parable Jesus not only just Spoke to the Pharisee, But also he wants to remind us So today after the service When you go home, you can think about what kind of the situation you will trust yourself that you are righteous. Is it truly righteous? Or you can, just a a quick review of the past week, did you treat others with contempt? So we should always examine ourselves according to the word of God. Let's go to our second point, the attitudes. The verse ten to thirteen. Two men went up into the temple to pray; one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus: "God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give taxes of all that I get." Let's stop here then we can find the first attitude, the Pharisees attitude. So first, this Pharisee prayed standing. Standing was a common posture of prayer for the Israelites. And they also a posture that we often do uh, when we worship, like today we just pray, pray prayer of praise, we stand together. But in this case, standing up is for the purpose of being noticed. In the original biblical text, The Pharisee is described as standing up to show himself, to boast, to hold his head up, as if he was speaking on the stage, and to achieve attention, but not to show any respect for God. The Bible describes him as praying to himself. To put it simply, prayer is an outpouring of prayer, praises, thanksgiving to God, not talking to oneself, not talking to the air. Talking to oneself would mean that it was not speaking to God, but only to himself. So this Pharisee stood in the temple with the appearance of prayer, but without prayer being the substance. Prayer must be respectful. Prayer must be sincere. We must have a respectful heart and be sincere. It's not the posture that is important, but the heart is important. So we can pray while we're working, we're driving, or maybe we can pray with our eyes open or with our eyes closed. Even we can pray with our voice open or we pray in silence. So John chapter four, verse 24 says, God is a spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So let's look at the, the content of his prayer. He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. So in all his prayer, so he just, the few words, the first few words is, God, I thank you. It seems like A prayer, but other than those words, we cannot find he was praying. But these words at the beginning of his prayer also set the stage for his boast later. His prayer, apart from the first few words, either condemned others or boasts of his own moral and religious achievement. He reveals in his own action and despises others. Some interpreters says that the kind of prayer in which one claims to be righteous and condemn others is self-talking. That is not a true prayer. So first of all, uh, he said, I'm not like other men, not like the extortioners, unjust, adulterers, not like this tax collector. So we we notice that the Pharisees himself on the base of the a comparison with others I not like others, rather than as a measure, according to God's requirement, saying that others, they are all bad things, or bad guys. If you do not do these bad things, it doesn't mean you are perfect, super good person. So there is nothing to boast about. So in order to uh, elevate himself, He belittled others. He said, I'm not like this tax collector, what he mean. that this tax collector was like a traitor to his country and like an enemy helping the Romans to oppress his national people, corrupt and nasty. And he was a very noble person. We're not saying that this tax collector was a good person, but it is bad habit to belittle others. It's not good not good. It is not God's people to beat upon others to exalt himself. It's not God's people to step down others' head to clamp up. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 19 says, You shall love your neighbor as your brother uh, as yourself. So here Pharisees is not saying that the tax collector did something wrong. He's characterizing the tax collector. The man, it is the person who is being spoken of, not the things he's doing wrong. We're not qualified to say that someone is righteous or that someone is a sinner before God. Only God can qualify a person. His self-righteousness and pride, a sign of unrighteousness, and such a person will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So the Pharisees actually spoke out loud and actually tried to boast before God. Then he boasts about himself from the religious point of view. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. So in the entire Bible, fasting is mentioned. It has been. Doing with the Holy Spirit, leading, worshiping God, praying to God, and getting close to God. The fasting in Bible is not about the modern people here not eating to lose weight, nor it's not about fasting for sake of fasting, nor it is about fasting as a sign of a spiritually. In Matthew chapter six, verse sixteen, Jesus said, "And when you fast." Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites For they disfigure their face That their fasting may be seen by others Truly I say to you They have received their reward This is the evidence that the hypocrites fasting Is to be praised by the people So Jesus said they have received their reward So Jesus also said But when you fast, anointing your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus made it very clear that we do not fast for the sake of man, we fast for the sake of the Holy Father. To show for one fasting to to other is something only hypocrites do. This Pharisee obviously this was a fasting for the sake of fasting and fasting to show his regular fasting. Such a, a practice is completely contrary to what the Bible says about fasting. And then he also said, I give tithes of all that I get. So the tithes is for the, for, the, for the Lord God. It has been since Genesis when Abraham was called Abraham, given a tenth. Is simply doing what God has prescribed. So there is nothing to be proud of. But this Pharisee had to find something, something to praise himself before God. This, this Pharisee was so self-righteousness that in his prayer and in his tongue was very self-centered. His prayer gives us the impression that he was giving a speech in a meeting. And it was a self-talking speech. His attitude and words did not sound like he was praying to God. So this is the first attitude, self-righteousness. Now we can see the second attitude in verse 13. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So let's look at the, the attitude of this tax collector. The Bible described in three ways. Number one, standing at a distance. Although he also came to the temple together with this Pharisee, he stood at a distance from his whole attitude and words that he must feel that he was not qualified to come near to God. He knew that he was a sinner and unworthy to come into God's presence. Number two, even not lift up his eyes to heaven. He was afraid to look up to heaven, for he knew his corruption. Just like a little child, when he knowing that he had done the wrong things, he came to his parents in that state with his head bowed. So he came to the temple to pray with his confess. Number three: beat his breast, feeling ashamed of himself and looking into his heart. He felt so guilty about what he had done that he also came to the temple to pray for God's forgiveness. So we can see how he prayed, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Though this prayer is pretty short, but it's very much to the point. For he concluded about himself first, a sinner. He did not avoid the responsibility and he, he did not put the reason for doing this, those bad things on others. He didn't put his sin on Romans. He didn't say to God, God, it's all the Romans who are bad. If they hadn't come, I would have become a tax collector and therefore I would have committed so many sins after being a tax collector. But he did not say this to absolve himself. He admitted that he was a sinner and bore the fruit of his sins. Generally speaking, people are proud and refuse to let others pity them. That is, the tax collector understood that his situation like being trapped in the swamp and that he couldn't save himself, but he had to ask the Savior to save him. His prayer was to God. He asked God to be merciful to um, him. He did not to go fake God. He came to the God because he not only knew that God alone is qualified to have mercy on a sinner, but also knew that God is willing to have mercy on a sinful man. This is why he came to temple to pray. His prayer was very simple and he did not give a long list of reasons to tell God that he was worthy of God's grace. No opportunity was taken to praise himself. All we have to do is honestly confess our sins before our Lord, and our sins will be forgiven by God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, if we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is the second attitude, humility. So we can see those two different attitudes. While the Pharisee was on the stage to performing, the tax collector was in the back, feeling very unworthy to approach the God of life. The Pharisee looked upward and boasted his own goodness. The tax collector kept his eyes low and beat on his chest in a sign of sorrow and suffering. The Pharisee felt that he deserved God's blessing. The tax collector knew he had no right to ask God for anything. So the tax collector threw himself on the mercy of the court. He knew his only hope was for God to extend mercy and grace to him. So brothers and sisters, we should ask ourselves, is our daily prayer humbly from our heart? Or is it just a routine like doing a report? So the power of prayer is not the result of people praying, but in the power of God. We do not have a certain formula for a powerful prayer. God does not answer prayer based on our gorgeous language. Prayer is a communion with God. All we have to do is ask for God's help. So in 1 John chapter 3, verse 22 to 23 says, and whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments." and do what pleases Him. And this is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as He commanded us. Brothers and sisters, when you pray, I encourage you to put worship God, trust in God, confess God, protection from God, and such things into your prayers, and speak to God from your heart. When we pray with passion and the purpose in accordance with God's will, his response is powerful. Let's go to our third point, the way. Jesus tells us in verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So, everything we have done in this world will be brought into the judgment of God at the end of the world. That is, God is the final judge. God has a right to say, Forgive this man's sin. And God has a right to say, I count this man righteous. And God has a right. To cast the sinner into the internal fire. So, this is a way, the only way to enter God's kingdom depends on God's grace. Let's look at the word justified. The word justified means the person is actually unrighteous, but it's considered righteous. So, in the Bible, especially in Romans, the word justified is often used to mean counted as righteousness. So we need to understand that forgiveness of sin and being counted righteous are two completely different concepts. In Mark 2, records the miracle of a paralyzed man to whom Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. From the context, we believe that Jesus means by this statement, the sins that made you paralyzed are forgiven, not that all his sins were forgiven. At least Jesus did not say, all your sins are forgiven. So a person who is called righteous by God is without sin in the sight of God. And is no longer seen by God, even for the original sin that came with his birth. A righteous man is completely covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And no more sin is revealed to God. The paralytic, if he did not sincerely accept Jesus Christ as his savior, he could not make himself righteous before God. The Pharisee who thought he was holy and righteous and the tax collector who confessed to be a sinner were to say that opposite was true. Jesus tells us here that God's calculation is different from people's calculation in God's eyes, the tax collector, who considered himself a sinner, was counted a righteous, while the Pharisee, who acted according to the details of all the law, was a hypocrite and sinner. People's actions are not only factor in judgment, but God looks not only at the action, but also at the heart of the people. The tax collector's prayer was for God to have mercy on him. But Jesus' answer was to count him as righteous. So what God does is often not what we want to receive, but what God gives us is far more than we think or we ask for. Jesus also said, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Jesus' summarized of the parable and a very important teaching for us today. Jesus clearly mentioned here, who exalts himself will be humble. Pride and humble are two opposite, and the proud man is bounded to go to the opposite of what he wants. He who thinks that if he admits that he is deficient, he is degrading himself, and nothing good will come of it. He who thinks his way does not know the true need of man before God, nor does he know that his reconciliation with God is based on the God's grace. He who does not recognize himself as a late person, who is satisfied with himself, and who even feels great, will certainly not accept God's grace. Apart from the grace Man is really ashamed of himself before God. Only if one knows that he is deficient, sinful, and knows that there is no way to save himself, then this person will have an urgent need for grace. And only such a person will find the narrow way that God has given to us. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Jesus tells us, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Believing that the proud and uh, self-satisfaction are not to be found in the kingdom of heaven. So in this parable, both men came to the temple to pray and both began their prayer by calling God. But the two men expressed themselves to God in completely different ways. Jesus tells us in this passage that the Pharisee came to God to command himself and show that he was already a righteous man, while the tax collector did not come to ask God to call him righteous, but only to ask God for mercy and compassion. The Pharisee who claimed to be righteous prayed to God, but was still unrighteous. The tax collector who asked for God's mercy was considered righteous before God. The The tax collector on the other hand, he didn't receive any applause, yet Jesus said he was justified. He was granted forgiveness. He came, he came in as a, a rebel against God and left as a part of the hem, family of God. So when we humble ourselves, it is more than a posture we adopt. It is an attitude that recognizes That we are sinful people In need of mercy and grace We must see our own sin clearly Only then will we be able to truly cry out to the Lord Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner So we should conclude The the, the movie that I mentioned before uh, The Frank, that cheater. He disguised himself in every possible way just to make people think he was just like that. Not only did people not notice, but they even idolized him. Frank is the people whose appearance makes him seem like a nice person in this society. He He will never commit a crime. People will only judge others through his external appearance. So brothers and sisters, consider our Savior Jesus, our King. He has not outward appearance worthy of our envy. He was born in a manger, had no palace of his own, no servants, even no splendid clothes. But just such a perfect King willingly gave himself to the cross for the sake of our sins. He washed away our sins with his precious blood. He death to set us free. He rose again, Let those who trust, him, trust, trust in him have eternal life to enter his heavenly kingdom. God does not expect us to be perfect before we come to him. He knows we are sinful person, and he is willing to take us as we are and begin the process of leading us in the direction of healing and new life. You don't have to be better before you can come to him. Your simply need is to to change, you want to change, and be willing to trust him for salvation and the new life. We must acknowledge that we do not deserve anything from God. We must confess our sinful attitude before God with true sorrow. We must embrace Christ as our only help. We must recognize that only he can save us and we must put our trust in his work rather than ours because our salvation depends on God's grace. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive us. For many times we come to you like these Pharisees. Let us recognize our weakness and come to you like the tax collector, saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And let our hearts be connected to you again. And may you proud your love in your hearts again. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.